Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your service today. Thank you, Pastor, for the invitation. I want to say thank you to Wooden Valley Baptist Church and your pastor. The many years of investment in the life of young people, not only in the church here, but at Pacific Coast Baptist Bible College, the board of directors, leader there, and then in transition of the move that came to Oklahoma City. We did change the name from Pacific Coast to Heartland due to the fact there's no ocean in Oklahoma. A lot of rain, but not an ocean. But uh, we thank the Lord for the opportunity to minister and serve there, and what a great blessing it's always been to have your pastor come and preach, and of course the opportunity to have students that come from this church in this area, a great blessing of investment. We're praying for laborers, and we thank you, pastor and church and young people, for allowing us to be a part of that call, as God's called you in the labor for Him, able to invest in you, and I trust it's been an encouragement along the way. But thank you for your financial support, your prayer support, your student support, your pastor support, and all the things that take place there. We bring you great greetings, an opportunity to see another great year come upon us. We do believe the Lord's coming back. May not have the school in August, but if he doesn't come back, we're going to keep pressing on. Amen. Keep moving forward for him. If you have your Bible this morning, let's go to the book of Titus. Titus, if you would, please. Titus chapter number 3. Titus chapter number 3, if you would, please. Appreciate the good music today, your participation in the service, and all that's going on in the work of the Lord. And if you find your place in Titus 3, if you're able, would you stand in honor of the reading of the word of the Lord this morning? I'd like to read a few verses from Titus chapter number 3. Titus chapter number 3. I'm going to start in verse number 1 and read through verse number 7. The Bible says, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. I think we heard about that in the choir special today. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I'd like to preach for a few moments from this passage that Paul wrote to Titus under the inspiration of the Spirit of God on this subject. Evangelism that honors God and helps people. Evangelism that honors God and helps people. May God bless the reading of His Word. You may be seated. If you've been around church any length of time, you understand and know that as Paul writes here to Titus, Titus has been set aside by the Lord to minister on an island called Crete. And on this island, God sends him there to establish the churches to ordain elders, and to keep them on the right path of righteousness as they follow the Lord. So God wanted Titus on the Isle of Crete. Crete needed Titus, and Titus needed to obey God to go to Crete. We all have a part in the will of God. The people of God need the Lord. The people of God that aren't saved, the people of God that need to be saved, of course, need the Lord as well. And God can put people in their places. And so the instruction that Paul gives here to Titus is that you need to relate the message that if you're a child of God, live like a child of God. And I think that message still permeates today in 2019. At the same time, we know that there were a lot of people that were Cretans that needed the Lord. I actually noticed in the book of Acts there, as they were on the day of Pentecost, that there were 22 different nations represented at Pentecost that were saved and spelled out by name 
And one of those groups of people were the Cretans. So apparently somebody went back to the Isle of Crete and shared what happened at Pentecost, where the 3,000 got saved. Later on, 5,000 got saved, and then 10,000 got saved. We call that evangelism. D.L. Moody said evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. So we found out that we're saved by the grace of God, but we need to grow in grace and grow in knowledge. And so we find that Paul is admonishing Titus here to those that were on the Isle of Crete to act like they were believers, to interact with other people because they need the help of God. They need the touch of God. He relates to them the importance of how we should be kind to all men. Paul later on writes to the church at Ephesus and he says uh, in chapter 4, verse 32, Be you kind one to another. He's writing this to believers, Christians. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. It's a shame that we have to be reminded as servants of God we're to love each other, to have unity and harmony and blessing in the house of God. Hey, aren't you glad this morning, beloved? Aren't you glad that somebody took time to tell you about Jesus Christ? Aren't you glad you're saved today by the wonderful grace of God? I am personally thankful that someone took time to tell me about Christ. But we must be willing also to take the commission further, and that is once we have heard the message, we disciple and train, and we share the message. The church house is full this morning because someone told someone about someone that would change their life. And that's why we're here today. And so I'd like to remind us this morning that God is trying to challenge us through Titus' testimony here that Paul relates the message that we need to be busy in evangelism, that we need to be kind to sinners. There are sinners out there. Notice, if you would, please, in verse number one, it says, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready for every good work. Now, we live in a sinful world, would you agree? We live in a sinful world, and we would need to remind ourselves that the government that we have, we're to respect the government. Even though we may not always agree with decisions that are made, God's words are final authority. We've got to respect the authority that is over us. And be kind to people in our land. It says here to put them in mind to be subject to principalities, powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. We're to obey every law and ordinance of man, whether it be the king or supreme, as long as it doesn't violate the word of God. Obviously, we have stop signs for a purpose. We have stoplights for a purpose. You probably heard the story about the man that uh, he got a brand new uh, stoplight at the corner of his house there. He pulled out of his driveway, stoplight. And so he pulled out one day, and as he pulled out, the light flashed, and it took his picture. He thought, that's strange. I stopped. I turned right on red. It was all legal. He went around the block again and came to the same place, stuck his head up and waved, and it flashed again. He did that six times. Went around the block six times. Then he wrote a letter to the city and told them they had a problem, a faulty stoplight there at his house. Two days later, he got six tickets in the mail. Guess what for? Not turning right on red for not wearing a seatbelt. <laughs> now, you see, sometimes we think we, we don't like what's going on around us, but we need to obey the magistrates and authorities that are over us, all right? So wear your seatbelt, amen? And make sure you turn right on red after you stop if you have that law on your land. But there are many things that are there. Verse 2 says, to speak evil of no man. That includes preachers, amen? Those in authority, preachers, different individuals, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Hey, listen, there are some unique individuals in our world. Can I say it like that? I'm one of them. 
All right? We're all, we're all different. We have different personalities, do we not? We have different likes in such situations. I mean, it's amazing to me that during the time of the playoffs of the basketball and even in football, how amazing people are and how they misbehave from time to time in treating other people because they're wearing the other jersey. It's just amazing to me some of those things, and it's really just temporary uh, happiness anyway. But we find that as servants of God, Christians ought to act different, ought to behave different, ought to be nice to people, ought to be kind to people. In spite of their need for Christ, people need the Lord. Somebody needs to be kind to them. And so I want you to notice here that in, in verse number 3 what it says. It says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers or various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. And so this is not the list of all the problems in the world, but the Apostle Paul says, I want to remind you of something. First and foremost, you are a sinner and I am a sinner. Paul was not saying I'm better than you are. He's relating to them, you are a sinner and I'm a sinner. All men are sinners. And so Paul is saying, at one time I was foolish. Can you imagine that? The 14 books we read of the Apostle Paul under God's direction, how majestic are they? The, the testimony of Paul's life, how God used him in spite of his upbringing. We know that God saved him and changed his life. And Paul said, one time I was that way. Listen, there was a time in my life that I was without understanding. I was unwise, just like the Apostle Paul. How about you? Don't raise your hand this morning, but it's obvious we were. It says right here, we, were under, we stubbornly refused to accept the truth of God. It says they were disobedient. He said, I was disobedient. We were, we were rebellious individuals who could not be persuaded by truth. We were not doing what God said. We're doing what we wanted. I was there. How about you? Don't raise your hand, but think about it today. He's saying those on the Isle of Crete are no different than any other place. He said, I was foolish. I was disobedient. I was deceived. I was led astray. I was misled. I was deceived. But Christ changed my life. He's reminding them of this behavior. They were enslaved in their own selfish ways. Listen, we were all at one time servants of sin. If you're saved today by the grace of God, say amen. We are all at one time servants of sin and did what we wanted because of self. We chose our way. We were the servants. We desired lust, desires, longings, passions, cravings, and pleasure, enjoyment, natural indulgence, because we wanted to do it. Pastor, this morning offered me a cup of coffee. I don't drink coffee. But he still thinks I'm saved even though I don't drink coffee. But he questioned it at the first. Because some people, they think coffee is their lifeblood. They've got to have it to make it through the day. No, we need Jesus to make it through the day, but coffee doesn't help, does help from time to time, amen, for some of you. The reality is we were sinners. We, we need help. We had conflict. The verse says we were in conflict. We were living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. You know, it's very easy. It's very easy for me to read a verse like that and say, boy, they were some bad people. But we were all that way. You may not want to, you may not want to admit that, but we were all that way. Paul said, I at one time acted just like the Cretans. I at one time was a deceiver. I was hateful. I was disobedient. And by the way, if you're saved today by the grace of God, you realized at one time you were a sinner. You needed a Savior, and Christ saved you from your sin, whatever it was. And by the way, it's not baptism that saves us. It's not church membership that saves us. It's not taking the Lord's Supper that saves us. It's the grace of God and the mercy of God extended to us that saves us. It's still the blood that saves from sin. He's relating here that you were a sinner, I was a sinner. We are just like those people on the Isle of Crete. We need the Lord. 
There was nothing about their sinful nature that could cause them to be commended to God. He said, you must be born again. I'm so glad somebody told me. I'm glad I'm saved today. Now, I'm not perfect, but I desire to be a follower of Christ. I desire to be like him. Paul is reminding now these people to be patient with people, to be patient with sinners. Look, verse 4, but after that, he changed his life. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Something happened. He said, I, I was out there doing my own thing, and I got saved on the Damascus Road. The Christians got saved, some at Pentecost, and at different times, and they were saved. They were disobedient. They were sinners against God, and yet God saved them just like they were. But he allowed them to be changed and transformed by the grace of God and the mercy of God. Isn't that wonderful? We can be a new creation in Christ Jesus. We need to be patient with individuals and think about our lives and, and what's going on because I experienced and you experienced the kindness of God when he saved you. We didn't deserve it, my friend, but thanks be to God, the liberality of God, he gave his only begotten son for the sins of the whole world. I'm glad that I'm saved today. It's a reminder of evangelism, going out to reach people that are lost, and if we reach them with the kindness of the love of God being displayed, it can transform their life as well. People still need the Lord. They experience the kindness of God. The love of God was showed. Kindness means His goodness, His mercy, His graciousness, His gentleness, the way He treats us. We were at enmity with God, but He demonstrated His love toward us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Think about that. If you were the only one in the whole world, Christ would have died for you. I believe that. God declares that. He loves not only the whole world, He loves every individual in the world. No matter where we live, no matter what state we're in, no matter what country we're in, people still need the Lord. And Paul said, as you live in the Isle of Crete, as you live out your life, you were sometimes disobedient sometimes rebellious, reminding them God was patient with you when he saved you. Be patient with others who need the Lord. Keep knocking on doors. Keep inviting folks out. Keep telling them about Jesus. Keep telling your co-workers about God. God showed love to them, and he said you need to show love to others. May God help Wooden Valley to continue to show love to other people. Not just love in a sense of philanthropy or giving out something or doing something, but the kindness of God showed up in our lives by God sending his son, he abandoned a sovereign position and he approached sinful people, assuming a servant's posture. But when he came, you know what he did? He accomplished my pardon on the cross of Calvary. But he didn't stay dead. He arose from the grave victorious. And the Bible said one day he's coming back for his children. I believe that heaven's a real place for real people, the redeemed of God. And one day I'm going to go there. I might as well enjoy the trip, amen, when I come to the house of God, have a smile on my face, a spring in my step, excited about serving God. When Brother Lamar starts waving his hands to lead in music, sing that song, participate, support, encourage, put something in the offering plate, do what you can to serve God. Because when you get to heaven, you're going to be serving him a long time. Joyful people because of what God's done in their life and transformed them. I've experienced the kindness and love of God. Verse 4 says, after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Notice he says in verse 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy. He saved us. We didn't save ourselves. He saved us. We were destitute without God. And he reached out and saved us. Aren't you happy about that today? 
He saved us by His grace, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. He took away our sin and gave us the Holy Spirit that teaches and guides and leads into all truth. What a great blessing we have. Love is given to us. His mercy has been extended. He's been kind to me as a sinner. I was at enmity with Him, and yet God saved me. Hey, listen, I don't know what you've done, my friend. I don't know what your situation of life is right now, young or old, but I can tell you this, we're all sinners in the sight of God. We need a Savior that can change us. And God can do just that through the work of the Holy Spirit. He presents cleansing and blessing. He refreshes us. He convicts us. He regenerates us. He he does something wonderful in us. If We'll realize our need for Him. Paul's looking out there and he sees the kindness of God being given to mankind. The revealing of that, verse 6, which he shed on us abundantly. Not just a little bit. Not just one time. Abundantly. He poured it out upon us abundantly. How did he do it? Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Do you see it, friend? The same God that saved the Cretans on the Isle of Crete, the same God that saved Titus, the same God that saved Paul, he said, I saw you destitute in sin, blind spiritually, needing help, having no hope, but with God all things are possible. He can take one that's a woman of the night and make her a lady of the light. He can take a man that's an alcoholic and call him into the gospel ministry. He can transform lives no matter what generation. He is a wonderful saving God. But we need to let people know as well. He said, while you're on Crete, tell them what God can do. Let them know about the works of God. He abundantly, liberally poured out his love upon you, showed his kindness, showed his mercy. Don't ever get over, friend. Don't ever get over what Christ has done for you and done for me and done for those that don't even know who he is at this time. He can save them as well. We see he's done it through Christ. That being justified, our slate wiped clean by his grace. We should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We're all guilty, but God wiped the slate clean and justified us. Not because we deserved it, because he just chose to. He imputed his righteousness to us through the person of Jesus Christ. We didn't have any righteousness. We were dead in trespass and sin. But we've been declared righteous. Romans 5 verse 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you have peace today? Hey, aren't you glad you can lay your head on your pillow at night and know that if you were to die, that heaven is your home? The surety of knowing that, as God has declared. So what we see here very simply is a, a message that Paul is saying. He says, I've instructed Titus to remind the believers on the Isle of Crete to be kind to sinners with whom they would have contact because they themselves had experienced the kindness and grace and love of God. God gave it to you, pass it on to them. They need the Lord. For gospel be hid, Paul said, it's hid to them that are lost. We're to be involved in transforming people's lives by the grace of God. It's God that saves them, but God has a mouthpiece, mine and yours. He has lives to be connected to the grace of God, following after Him. Listen, you and I should be kind to sinners because they need the help of the Lord. They need to start with the basics. Listen, You need to let them know that you're different than you once were. You need to reach out to sinners. May God help us. Listen, if everybody in this church, I believe, could possibly reach one person with the gospel this next year. The Lord doesn't return. Couldn't that be possible? Probably even greater than that. Loved ones, friends, co-workers, family, trying to reach out for the Lord. Perhaps, listen, perhaps one reason that evangelism is ineffective is because professed believers 
continue to manifest foolishness, disobedience, wrong thinking, selfishness, conflict. We do live in the flesh, but we need to be controlled by the Spirit. It could be possible that even believers like me could be committed to the flesh when God wants to be led by the Spirit. So the next time you think about chewing somebody out or saying some nasty words, not that anybody here would ever desire that, but before you do anything, you ought to ask God for permission. And so if you can't ask God to bless what you're saying, don't say it. It's okay. If you can't ask God to bless your behavior, your attitude, your spirit, and what's going on with it, then you shouldn't be doing it. But if you're going to do it under the Lord, you're going to have His blessings upon it. One of the greatest blessings for a believer is to tell another person about Jesus. Letting them know who Christ is. Let's show kindness to others. Who needs your kindness today? Who needs your concern today? Everyone you meet is fighting a battle of some kind. They're fighting situations of life that are overwhelming. And the only one that can give them real victory is Jesus. Did he not change your life, friends? I believe that he has. There are members in our immediate family or our extended family who need us to display kindness even though they may sin against us. It is so hard. Sometimes you want to just get even, but you know you can't do it. We have to live the life of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Hey, listen, I've read the book of Philippians about 10 times this summer already. And I'm doing a study on the book of Philippians. And, and it's what, in spite of circumstances, in spite of difficult people, I mean, even though Paul was sitting in jail, he didn't complain about it. He said, what has happened to me has happened for the furtherance of the gospel. I'm sitting in jail. And he was concerned about getting out of jail, don't get me wrong. But he said, while I'm here, I've got two men that are chained to me that have never heard the gospel. And so he said, I'm telling them about Jesus. He started a prison ministry. I mean, it's right there in the Bible. Later on, he says, remember my bonds praying about that, but he said in spite of difficult circumstances, in spite of difficult people, in spite of people that were mocking him and things that were going on, situations of life, he said, God is still good. He said, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But in chapter number 2, verse 21, it says, all men seek their own and not the things of Jesus Christ. He's writing to the church of Philippi, who sent him offerings, the Paphroditus, Timotheus, and all these other men that were servants of God. It is, it is possible for believers to be carnal, fleshly, selfish. But we ought to be selfless servants in a selfish society. Trying to honor the Lord. He said, you need to have kindness. We were all one time this way. But we've been changed by the grace of God. There are visitors today in this service whose lives probably are not squeaky clean. And they need help too. We need to love unconditionally every individual in the world with the love of Christ being extended, being kind unto them. Not, listen, you, if you're going to reach the world, you've got to live in it. You've got to do your best to follow after the Lord. This church needs people who will sing in the choir, folks that will teach Sunday school, folks that will be workers, folks that will be greeters, folks that will be teachers, folks that will be servants of God, who will be kind and polite to people when they come to the house of God, and polite to each other that are already part of this church, and trying to honor the Lord together. Listen, there are neighbors around you that need somebody to show them kindness. There are people in your neighborhood, there are people you work with or go to school with, that need a touch of kindness, a touch of the love of God. I'm not talking compromise here, I'm talking about a conviction to say, if God can save me, He can save them as well. 
And we know God can do that. How can you and I show kindness to sinners? We can call them. We can text them. We can send them a card. We can visit them. We can invite them to church. We can pass out a track. When they come to the house of God, you can sit with them in church. You can be a great blessing. You can be involved in inviting them somewhere or meeting them somewhere or telling them about the Lord. Hey, listen, maybe, you, maybe you're not a preacher, but you can get them to the church, and the preacher can preach. Or Brother Lamar or Brother Chip or somebody else, A.J. Lutrick. You've got all kinds of people coming through here, amen? Men of God that are going to preach. Teachers like Brother Dave in the youth department and other teachers that are going to open up God's Word and say, Thus saith the Lord. And now God can change their lives. Hey, listen, I was reading this passage the other day. That reminds me continually, we can get so wrapped up in our own lives because people are different that are around us, but they still need Jesus. And we that are different, we're not better. We've just been blessed. They need to be blessed as well. They need the help of God. And no matter where you once were, I was there once. Paul said, hey, I was disobedient. I was a blasphemer. I was rebellious. What in the whole list? Then he gives a letter, another list and another portion of Scripture where he says, these people, and he gives a list of all their behaviors and said, and such were some of you. All I'm saying, friend, is that we needed Jesus in kindness. God sent his son. That mercy and grace was extended, and I got saved by that grace. He shed it on me abundantly through the person of Jesus Christ. If you're saved today, you ought to be grateful to God for your salvation. You ought to be kind to people that need the Lord. Let them know that Jesus can save them as well and be evangelistic. Because if you have kindness in your evangelism, it will honor God and it will help those people. Let's make sure we're doing our best to be faithful to the message God's called us out to do. Ask them to consider knowing Christ and following Him. Have you shown kindness today to someone? Have you been kind to each other in this church? Maybe it's time we perhaps dust off the neglected practice of kindness and get back to the basics. Say, God, help me to have evangelism that will honor God and help people. He shed it upon me abundantly. Just a reminder today, church, God's been good to you. You're never going to lose your salvation. But let's grow in grace. Let's grow in knowledge. Let's continue to press on the upward way. Hey, listen, what a great heritage here at Wooden Valley Baptist Church. What a great blessing to see the servants of God. Many of you have been here for years pastor's been here since it started, amen? A lot of things going on here. Some of you may be new to the church, but let's keep doing what we can to grow in grace and knowledge, to reach out to our community, to be faithful, to show kindness to people that need the Lord, and just perhaps some plant, some water, and God will bring forth an increase. Hey, go out on a limb. That's where the fruit is. Be faithful. Invite. Encourage. Pray. Have a part. If you're not saved today, you don't know Christ as Savior, He loves you, just like you are, but He wants to change you. And we can take a Bible day and show you about that love and how you can leave here a child of God today. If you are a child of God, don't ever get over what He's done. Maybe it's time to bow a knee and say, God, thank you again for saving me and my family. Thank you for the good church you've given to me. Thank you for your bounty to this child of God. Maybe just a reminder of His goodness. Whatever it might be, your next step's yours. He said, I shed upon you abundantly all these things. Respond to God as he speaks. You'd be glad that you did. Let's bow for prayer.